Welcome to the Convicted Christian Community. Let's get started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about today, Kay? Today we're talking about Sunday school. I thought you were going to say sex, man. Talking about sex, baby. Let's talk about, about you and me. me. But the quite opposite. Yeah, literally Sunday. opposite. Literally <laughs> the very opposite of sex being Sunday school. That's it. Yeah. That's it, my thing. Talking like kids' church and all that jazz. All that good jazz. So that's basically the topic today. That's it. How'd you like it? I loved kids' church when I was younger. Yeah. Biggest thing because my mom was involved in kids' church yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. She used to lead us, uh, my group of kids coming through. Yeah. And it was just fun, man. Like, mom and all the leaders put in so much effort to make it fun. I, I just loved it. Well, like all the games and the... Yeah, just games, craft. My mom's super creative, dude. Yeah. So craft was just on point. And I'm not creative. Like, I'm not crafty at all. Yeah. But, you know, I just love just... Through the short end of the on. stick yeah. with the with the gene pool you there. Know, you know when you used to get the pasta and you used to stick it on and make those necklaces and oh, all that? Oh, yes. <laughs> those, were the, those were good days. <laughs> those were the days. Those were some simple days. Yeah, it was just fun, man. Like, from what I remember, I just wanted to go to church. I loved going. Bro, that just gave me the chills. Because I was exactly the same. When I was a kid as well, I used to be the kid that woke the entire family up to go to church. Mm. It's It was such a fun time. What did you love about it? Well, like all the singing and dancing and all the, you know, crafts and the game and the sporting activities, you know, they put on ball games, all that kind of stuff. Loved it. But what I really love the most about it, and this get when I get a little bit more serious here, is, okay, so Sunday morning, everyone's just a bit grumpy. The whole family, mom and dad, they're working people. They get a little grumpy or, you know, Let's say we weren't in the best best mood, or mum and dad have a little, you know, argument or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Just being a normal, dysfunctional Asian family that we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we will go to church, and after church, everything will be fine. I might have a little fight with my sister, and like everything will be fine. There was just something magical about the church that we would go there and do something, and we'll come back out. Yeah, right. And it was all good because we were we were taught positive messages to mm-hmm. to love each other, to do life together, and that was something that I, even as a kid, self consciously like subconsciously sorry not self-consciously subconsciously felt as being very very beneficial to the humanity of us being a family so that's what i found really really attractive about going to church and i really look forward to it so you're saying that like that happened during church and after church or so like before church like we go to church right i go to the kids men yeah and then and then and then yeah and then Mom and dad will go to the main service, mm. right? And my sister will go to another kids' meeting, which is a different year level because she's younger than me. Yeah. And then, like, afterwards, we'll get, we'll, we'll find each other again and mm. we're like all happy and smiling happy. and happy again. Yeah. And into the afternoon, you're sort of just yeah. chilling. Yeah, chilling. And just yeah. family time. Like, that to me was extremely special. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I just wonder if our conversation as two Sunday school nerds who found it really fun and interesting, most Christian people out there would have found you know, church, pretty interesting. I don't, Mm. but I do remember being in Sunday school and seeing some friends who didn't particularly enjoy being there and always getting into trouble and all that kind of stuff. kids church. Yeah. Mm. And let me ask you, why are pastor's kids so naughty? Why are they the most naughty kids? Yeah, I don't know. And and this is something that I reflect both when I was a kid and also when I was a leader as well. So you and I both led in a a kids church, Mm. right? And why are pastors' kids so naughty? I have maybe a an assumption. Tell I me. can't say that this is this is why they are like that. 
just be honest. Be honest. I, don't, I don't care. Like, privilege. No one's listening to this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the one listener out there, mm-hmm. privileged man. Mm-hmm. Like when I was growing up, I was yeah. like best mates with like a PK kid. Yeah. His dad was the person who ran the youth ministry at our church. Yeah. And absolutely privileged man. Yeah. Both like not, you wouldn't really see it much at church. Yeah. But I went to a church where like my school was part of the church. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I went to church where like the school was on the same premises. Yeah, yeah. He was so like privileged at school, man. And not that like it affected did you go, him. Did you go to boys only school? No, co-ed. But so he was privileged how? Got good grades. Teachers just loved Pref- him. Got away with things. I remember distinctly, man. We got were, away with things. Bro, we were in Rubbish. year two. I'm not even kidding you, man. We were in year two. And I remember like we were playing soccer in the park. At the park and stuff like that. Not the park, sorry. That's <laughs> how we left school. Yeah, when I was in year two, we used to just like wag and leave school, you know? Go to the park. As you do as a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> two-year-old. You went to as school when you were a two-year-old. Yeah. yeah well, I'm you, just elite. Yeah, you're just very elite. I'm just very smart. Hey, we're all Agents here, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, like, we're playing, we're playing soccer at recess mm. out in the field. And this mate gets into a little bit of a scuffle with another kid. Yeah. And I, I can't remember the actual situation, but it was my mate's fault. Like, I think he must have, like, push, pushed him or something. And it's sort of, like, pushing back and forth. And, you know, obviously, as, like, eight-year-olds, they don't actually fight. But, you know, people break it up and they end up going away crying. Yeah. <laughs> as most eight-year-olds do. Yeah. We get back, back to class and teacher obviously finds out what's going on. Teacher goes off at the other kid and just being like, what, what, what are you doing? Mm. Like, why did you do that? Yeah. Got detention. I think he got suspended. Yeah. And I remember standing there and I was like, "That, that's not right. This is this you th- you being an eight-year-old boy thinking yeah. that wasn't right. Yeah. Because he's my best mate. And obviously as my best mate, like I, I care about him, but he's just getting preferential treatment. I was like, that's not right. And it happened again as well. Like when we were in, um, for sports, yeah. like for sports classes and stuff, mm. the teacher would like always pick him for like, to be like the captain or to be in sports things, like extracurricular stuff. Like he would always get that preferential treatment. Yeah. And it didn't even happen to him. It happened to his brothers as well. Wow. And I remember seeing that and I was like, man, I'm, I'm mates with this dude. So I'm kind of getting, I'm skating through. Yeah. And I'm also like coming along with this journey. Yeah. But it didn't sit right with me. And that's something I've always had in me. Yeah. Is something about justice. Like my mom's always said, like, you've had something about justice in you. Yeah. I was like, I can look in that situation and go like as an eight-year-old, that's not right. Yeah. Could I do anything about it? No, I didn't know what to do. I remember looking back on it later and being like, oh, that's wrong. Yeah. But at the time I knew that something wasn't right. Yeah. I reckon they get preferential treatment. That's why they act up. That's rubbish. Why do pastor's kids act up in Sunday church? I don't, I don't know, man. I, 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 the preferential thing is actually the first. Because I come from a culture where if you come from a higher hierarchy... Mm. It's and, and you get preferentially treated, it's yeah. actually looked upon as a really bad thing. But it's just really, really looked down upon. But some people, some you know, obviously blatantly do it. There's different types of people wherever you go. Mm. But the thing is, I feel like it's almost the opposite. I think the pastor's kids are actually under enormous amounts of pressure. And even, yeah. if, when, even if they were preferentially tra- treated, the thing is, they know that they're getting that because they are of a particular pedigree, mm. right? When that happens, then you know that there is that overarching atmosphere above you and you you got you to gotta do the right thing. Yeah. So when so I- So spotlight's kind of on them a bit. Spotlight's on there. Now, yeah. why does a spotlight then, I mean, this is a really deep analysis. Why does a spotlight of that nature, whether it's positive or negative, you know, or uh, or internal or external, 
why does that make these kids do these crazy things? Like, I'm, I'm talking next level, man. These kids will just, con- like, even the church that we go to mm. or we went to, it still suffers from that issue, right? Yeah. We've experienced from the leadership of these kids, man. And I see these kids being influential to other kids mm. because the other kids also re- accept the fact that they are the pastor's yeah. kids. Yeah. And I sit there and go, wow, like the humanity just picks things up so quickly. Mm. And also it's not great that these kids are the most naughty kids and then everybody, all the other kids then just follow that same pattern. Mm. Another thing that I also found as well, like kids ministry discipline is extremely hard Mm. and it's very, very needed. Yeah. Very, very much needed. Like you and I have gone through extensive programs of being trained for safety, child safety, right? So- you know, what, how to report things when you see some inappropriate behavior to the children. Mm. Basically, I mean, it's a time where it's a very, it's a depressing session where you learn a lot about the very bad things that happen to children and yes. and the impacts of very subtle things yeah. that change their, the course of their mm. future. And I, I cannot feel, I cannot help but feel very, very saddened by mm. that. And I feel, and at the same time, I feel, I feel so thankful mm. that we drew the long end of the stick with that. Yeah. In that yeah. nothing happened to us. And it's oh. and you know, yes, we are male, okay, for the listeners out there. But the thing is, boys are also the victim of these things as well, which mm. which I found, you know, quite horrific. So we we go through that experience, uh, we, we go through that training, but then also it makes the disciplining of children as leaders very, very difficult. So when you yeah. see a naughty child, like how do you how do you treat it's such a great area? It's such, that. Ex- yeah. exactly right. And so how do you discipline? When I was a kid, you know, I went to a church in Asia. Smacking the kids was normal. Really? Yeah. You mean in, in school? In school. In school. Church as well. In church, there was nothing different. Wow. So, but yeah. the thing is, the church, the church, was a easier version of that. Does that make sense? What do you mean? So in, in that sense, they smacked me less. For doing okay, the wrong yeah. things. Does that make sense? It's because you were not you were better at Sunday, weren't you? I guess so. <laughs> aren't we all just yeah. a, aren't we all just That's a little it. bit better on Sunday? Can't just put in his uh, you, little you get me two shoes on. Exactly right. You know that, that Christian life begins early on. <laughs> 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 but the thing is, when I was in Sunday school, I also see that element of like this is a place of love and acceptance and all that kind of stuff. So right. we're not gonna we're not gonna be as harsh on you kind of thing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there is some, like the Bible says, you know, discipline your children. And like what that means is, oh, I think it's a very, very great and it's very difficult to say. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, you got to be wise about doing these things. Yeah. But because wisdom is hard, people just don't. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? You, like you did mention an interesting, interesting thing with pastor's kids is the spotlight is on them. Mm-hmm. They feel that pressure way more. Yeah. You know, when they're older, they can reflect on it and be like, yeah, they felt that pressure heaps. And yeah. that that partly is why they acted out because I've even heard it, man. Like, you know, a pastor's kid is acting up in the, you know, outside after yeah. church and somebody would go like, oh, isn't he blah, blah, blah's kid. son? Yeah. Oh, why is he acting like that? And like, you know, the kid kid hears that. It's like, how's that helpful for the kid mm. to have this self-righteous like, oh, because they're a pastor's kid. Yeah. How do you, like, how can you even assume that they have faith in Christ? Uh-huh. They don't have faith in Christ because of their father being a pastor. Mm. You know, they've got to come to that themselves. It's like every other person. But there is an element where, you know, pastors' kids do have, like pastors have a a responsibility. We see in Titus to to bring their kids up and nurture them in the faith. Yeah. And maybe that element is why people judge them more. But like it shouldn't be that case. Yeah. But then it comes back to like, you know, you see these kids acting up as a kidsman leader. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're like you should discipline them because discipline is good. Yeah. 
And we should talk about that sometime because, you know, Barbara really talks about discipline. discipline Jesus yeah. disciplines us all yeah, the time, man. Exactly right. And in the most, you know, and there's no like right or wrong way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there is a right way of doing it, but like yeah. God, God's ways are very arbitrary. Like, yeah. 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 Crazy things. Yeah. But how do we do that, especially to someone who's a PK kid? Like you feel that pressure. It's like, oh man, like, can I say something? Am I going to, am I going to get fired out of here? I've got a story, right? So oh, yeah. my mom is a PK. What do you mean? My mum's a PK. Oh, okay. So my granddad is is a is a pastor. Oh, cool. I'm a PGK. <laughs> PGK. Pastor's grandkid. <laughs> pastor's grandkid. <laughs> I haven't heard that before, man. Trademark that. Because no, no, no. There's no need for it because there's no impact on the <laughs> on the on the GK unless like I go to the same church and all that. Like yeah, I, yeah. I've never. Oh, it's actually kind of depressing to say I've actually never heard my grandpa preach. Really? Never. Okay. Wow. I mean, we just live very separate lives. I guess yeah. we we are two countries apart, and so Is he like. Still alive? Yeah, he's around. Okay. He's around. And he does what's called Silver's Ministry. So, mm. like, that's just a really nice way of saying, pushing the gospel to old people. Yeah. Yeah. Who need to hear it because they're about to go die. And right, you know right, what happens right. when you die without believing in Jesus Christ, right? Mm. So, that's a ministry that he's into, which is, you know, incredibly encouraging. But my mom is a mm. PK. And as you know, my mom is in the kids' men. Yeah. Yeah. And she handles them like a freaking boss. Yeah, how she's she, she's she handle them? she's bloody fantastic. So, yeah. but she approaches it in a about like partially on the fact that I'm a pastor's kid, you're a pastor's kid, we relate. But then she okay. she also yeah. looks at them and go, the way you do pastor's kid is completely different to how I did pastor's kid. Your 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 pastor's kids <laughs> have no idea because have no idea. Yeah, because my mom, yeah my mom my mom's pastor's kid days had more eyeballs upon her. Okay. So it was yeah. like my grandpa was like in this small village where everyone just mm. like, it was just, just gossip everywhere. Yeah. Like there was no culture of Jesus in there at all. And so the fact that there was no Jesus culture, I mean, it, everything was just extremely secular. So grandpa originally lived in a big city and they moved to a very, very small city just mm. so that they can do Christian life there. Okay. So it was kind of like Shit's Creek's vibe. I don't yeah. know if you watched that movie, that, that yeah. series, but like they were the really odd ones out in the village and all the village were just like, you know, talking and like they see authority and they follow that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? They looked fancy and they just follow Jesus straight away. And But the thing is, it took time. The culture, like they were, went to church, but they were just very much secular people. So mm -hmm. they would see like person like my mom, like cast massive judgments on her. Yeah, right. Um, just showing a little bit of vulnerability here. And I have an aunt, mom's older sister, yep. who became mentally ill because mm -hmm. of that move. And it was very difficult. But because, anyway. Because of the pressure? Because of the pressure and the, and the, and yeah, the very right. stark move in that ministry, which I found. So it has like real effects. Implications. Like exactly right. So my mom goes, yo, I have a mental ill sister and I went to a completely different world and then looks at like the pastor's kid that you and I know mm -hmm. and go, you have it so easy. Mm. Right? Because we're, we're, at a pretty, we're in a pretty reformed society where we don't care about hierarchy as much, right? Yeah. We're in a Western world where individualism you know, trumps, you know, hierarchies and authoritarianism mm -hmm. where like in Asian frontiers is a little bit different there as well. So that then she'll go, oh, there's nothing. But then that's, but she partially applies that, mm. but more on so. So my mom was, uh, my mom has a, a master's degree in early childhood development. Mm. So again, like this is another topic for the church is that should we, you know, should, how much should we prepare for a role in a church? Do we just get called to the role because of just this simple calling or should we be working towards it in some sense as well that, you know, pastors, you know, do they just become our pastors because they couldn't be bothered doing anything else or mm. do they actually have attributes yeah. and, and skillage behind what they're actually doing, yeah. in, you know, as part of their service, you know, do they understand psychology or anything like that? I don't mm. know, maybe a topic for another day, but for 
my mom, she applies that and she looks at this child and go and just runs a quick analysis and understands and tries to figure out how then can this child be plugged into this group activity yeah. or is a kid better off on a singular activity? Right. So then she will then assign a certain task or something like that. Mm. That will just get the kids switching on and then focusing up again. Mm. And also she understands how to be really firm with the child as well mm. and go like, yes, no. How much of that did she, like, like you said, she did some study in her master's. So yeah. she's got a lot of that knowledge that has come, yeah. you know, I guess when she was an adult. Mm. But how much of the stuff did she experience as a PK kid? Has she applied to how she deals with? Like I said, only partially because she doesn't believe in that crap. Yeah. She says she reckons that there is something special about the child, whether it's from being a pastor's child or not, you know, is somewhat irrelevant. Let's let's say it had an impact, then you address it. Yeah. But most of it, the child is still quite individual. Mm. And you, so you got to meet it in that way. And you know, I see Jesus in that. Yeah. The reason being, Jesus knows us fully. Jesus loves us fully. Right. And, and he meets us at our level. So she applies that. But the problem is, like what we discussed this in another episode, is when you do ministry at church, are you there to just fill a spot or to just go through the motion? Or are you trying to spread the love of Jesus Christ to your brothers and sisters? So that's something that I really found different about my mom's ministry about with the children. Mm. It's not just about going there, doing the crafts and having a good time. Well, that's a big part of it because look at us, we still remember it. And mm. as much as we remember those good times, we also have some Bible verses and songs that we remember yeah. that really puts us on that very basic path mm-hmm. of Jesus being the main man in that's our life. That, those foundations, man. Exactly right. Sure. Like Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, right? That kind of stuff is so good, right? So that that differentiation, I think, is key. Where's your motivation to actually serve the gospel here? Mm. Look, I wouldn't be the first one to say that you know, we have seen people's motives are so backwards, you know, like, mm. I mean, you could technically, and it's not like I haven't seen this done before, you could technically go join the kids ministry so that you can find other people there that you can like become boyfriend or girlfriends with. Oh, yeah. 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 Like other, other leaders and stuff like yeah. it's, it's a big time thing, yeah, right? Sure. You got to be there for for the passion of, you know, yeah. running the kids ministry and doing something for the kids. You know, my question is like, should we even see pastors' kids? Should we even see them as pastors' kids or just see them as kids? Which is kind of what, it seems like that's what your mom's doing, but she's also applying the fact that you can't take away the fact that they are a pastor's kid and she can relate to them on that level because she grew up in that. Do you know what I mean? It's like if somebody was like, let's just say someone's from Brazil and there was a, a leader who was from Brazil, like he'd be able to relate to that kid because they're from Brazil. You know what I mean? I, look, I, think that, I don't think there's any problem with the church viewing the kid as a pastor's kid. Okay. I'll tell you why. I don't think the kids who are pastor's kids should be just seen as a normal kid. No, actually, more so that I don't think people who see pastor's kids as pastor's kids should be stopped, is what I'm trying to say. Because the Bible says, when you become a leader, you're under the spotlight, right? Yeah, but the they're not ch- leading. No, but their mom and dad is. But didn't and they make that choice though? No, they didn't. But could you say the father and the mother who became a gospel worker made that choice as well? They're in some way there's God's control over a situation as well, Mm. whilst we may think that we have some choices over it. These parents would also, the parents who are leading would also be looked upon as not only as just men and women, Mm. but as parents as well, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a couple as well, as a role that they're given by God. Comes back to Titus. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, and God said like, for those who are leaders will be judged 10 times more, Mm. right? So that means 
And I think there's some human element to it because we all look to them and follow them. They say we got to look to, you know, we, we got to pray for our leaders and everything that they get up to, like their families especially. Mm. Their kids being a very, very important part of that role as well. They say they can find out how good a tree, like they can find out how good a tree is by looking at the fruits, right? What are the fruits of a family? Kids mm. Mm. and what they get up to. You know what? That's where I, I'd have to disagree with you on that. Okay. I think. I think putting too much emphasis on PK kids is unhelpful to church community and to the kids. But the thing is, it's inevitable. It's inevitable, but the fact, like, it's true. I agree with you that, you know, Titus parents, like, the responsibility is, it's not just uh, pastors that have that responsibility. It's like, you know, parents have that responsibility to nurture their kid in the faith. Yeah. Pastors have that more of that responsibility, which they can't shy away from. And the kid can't shy away from the situation they're in they're going to feel that pressure more and there's a bit more of an onus on them to live up to that than for someone who isn't a pastor's kid. But should we be viewing them in that spotlight where there's more judgment from a human point of view? That's where I disagree. I think for us as as humans, if we start viewing pastor's kids differently, it will just come out in the way that we act and that will inevitably feed into the culture of the church and that's unhelpful. Noted. Think about the pastor's kid internally, though. So, like, externally, if we just cast all these judgment on them and, and being really unhelpful and just, you know, saying, oh, you're a pastor's kid, how can you do that? Mm. And maybe subconsciously we do these things as well. I'd look at something like this and i go, okay, let's say you are a pastor's kid and there are people that judge you. Like, why haven't you worked that out yet? And also, isn't it kind of a privilege of it in itself? Like, what did you just, did you just look around the world and you go, you know what? I have such a terrible life as a pastor's kid. I wish I wasn't born as one. Mm. I don't think it's that much of a disease. How much kid can like a you know an eight year old or ten year old kid? But it's part of their maturity. I think kids. I think having challenges as a kid is actually not a terrible thing. Mm. Obviously, being challenged as a kid with domestic violence and stuff like that, I couldn't be any sadder for them. But the thing is, being a pastor's kid, come on, it's not like you were born into poverty. It's not like you were mm. born into. You know, like you said, there are positives and negatives of being a pastor's kid, right? Mm. So I think in navigating that, I think they're in a really privileged place. And I think in that regard, the parents actually have some responsibility in actually dealing with their behavioral issues. Yep. And that means the, the parents actually need to spend time with the kids as much as they devote their lives into the growing of the church, mm. that there is a responsibility in there, right? To actually nurture them, grow them, and whilst appreciating that the church has this view on these kids, that they are better growth in these children to be God-fearers, mm. yeah? to, be, to be fearing God. Yeah. So yeah. I think the complete opposite of that argument is to say, you know what? The kids have their own lives. Let them be, mm. right? And let them shout out on the top of their lungs to stop judging and tell other people to stop judging them mm. because they're just another normal person. Yeah. But I don't think they're just normal people. Mm. They're leaders' children. Yeah, and I've, I've seen how PK kids do that so well and they just influence the kids around them. Like they, they grasp that understanding of the gospel yeah. for themselves. Yeah. They grasp the position they're in, Yeah. you know, that they have a position of influence even amongst the kids around yeah. them. Yeah. And in humility, they use that. They live out their life. And it influences the kids around him, and, and it's awesome. Yeah, you know what the best thing as well is when a pastor understands also the need of a village to raise a, car, a child. Yeah. yeah, and I remember a, a pastor coming and talking to me when I was doing kids minute stuff. You know, his daughter was in my group. Mm. I didn't think I really had that much to do with her being at kids minute and stuff like that. And I remember like kind of nurturing her and like growing her in her faith and stuff. But 
you never really think that actually plays a part. Remember he came up to me maybe like a year or two later. I'd stopped Kidsman yeah. at this stage. Yeah. And was like, we were just talking about stuff. And he was like, oh, thanks so much for helping raise my child. Yeah. I was like, reflecting on it, I was like, man, that, that actually meant a lot. That the effort you put in, yeah. you know, when you go to Kidsman, you got to go in early, you got to set up, yeah. you got to bring that energy in afterwards. Sometimes you're like, oh man, the kids just, all they did was muck around. Yeah. Man, there's, there's fruit in that. Yeah. And sometimes you might not hear it. You might not see it. Mm. You know, I was able to hear it a couple of years later. Yeah. And it made me really reflect on this is that it takes a village to raise a child, even yeah. for a PK kid. Yeah. They can't just do it with their parents alone. And that is why discipline, if you're, if you're a kid's, kid's church leader, discipline is good. Yeah. And it really helps out. Exactly right. And I don't think we're, we're, I don't think we're in a society anymore where we view hierarchy so highly. I mean, yeah. look at the Western world right now. Like we barely respect the police, right? You know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> we, I don't think nobody, I don't think anybody even in the experience that we had in the Western world, we look at a child, a kid, pastor's kid, oh, he's a pastor's kid. And like, mm. oh, like we've got to be careful around him yeah. and stuff like that. Especially this day and age, when you're a kid, different. But in saying that, I've also seen a lot of, a lot of great pastor's kids who knew the Bible so well, mm. who, who are very encouraging, who are very, very intelligent. Mm. But then you also see the pastors who are their parents and they go, yep, totally get it. Yep. But I think in saying that, I think some kids work really well with a paradigm of being pastor's kids as well. Like I said, you know, they, they use that opportunity to learn mm. and grow in that particular way. Yep. I don't think there's any scarring of any sorts. Yep. It's, just, it's just what they're born to be and they become a really good member of the church. Mm. Another thing is the kids will probably come to church quite often seeing that dad work there, mum work mm. there, right? And then they, they show up to church all the time. For the other kids, it's like once a week thing, yeah. whereas they're there almost every, well, like yeah. almost very close to every day in the week. So they feel a lot more comfortable. And kids, when they feel more comfortable, tend to be more naughty, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's, just, it's just where they feel the most comfortable. So yeah. they just, they lie down, they sit, sit down, whatever. They just do whatever they want to do. Whereas like other kids, they go, they get dressed up for church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a big show. Yeah, it's a big, sh- a little bit of a show. I mean, some parents don't even treat it like that anymore these days. I mean, I, I see some kids that um, nowadays rock up to church with, you know, their hair being all messy and stuff. But back when I was a kid, and that makes me sound about, I'm a thousand years old. But back when I was a kid, my parents would put on nice clothes for me. Yeah. They say, when you go to the church, you know. Put gel in your hair. Yeah, put gel in your hair, like nice comb your speak. hair. Yeah, but like some kids nowadays rock up to church without even combing their hair. Come and on, I, kids, what are you doing? Yeah, but the parents are beautiful, you know what I mean? So <laughs> still, they, they can sort themselves out. But you know what? They have their reasons. But the thing is, that's different, see? So the, all the rest of the kids, they show up, you know, just being, you know, and it's a bit of a an occasion. And what do you do when you go to uh, go out and go to occasions? You behave, right? You do the right thing and you carry that with you, even as a kid. I felt that when I was a kid, going to church, right? And so I think there is an element of familiarity there as well, which I think is pretty interesting. Do you reckon PK kids get bored when they're doing kids kids church? Potentially. They Too might easy. sit there going, like, I know all of this. The whole, you know, every day this week. Well, it depends. It's like my second home. Again, depends on the parent. Oh, and you know what? Some churches actually have a home in the back, right? Mm-hmm. So where, the, where the whole family lives there as well. So, so literally like, is it's literally their home yeah. as well. So I've definitely been to churches like that. A lot of Asian churches are a bit like that. And then I go, there is that element as well, but also pastors, the, the parents, they might be mad educators at home. Mm. And that they sit around the table, read the Bible, you know, pray together. And the pastor himself might actually feel the, not necessarily a pressure, but a duty to actually bring that to the dinner table. 
Does that make sense? Mm. To actually go, you know what? I'm a pastor, so I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to pass it on to my kid. Yeah, pass it on to my kid and this is what we're going to do. Like My mom tells me as well, like she she would do daily devotions with the whole family when she yeah. was a kid, which I which I kind of envy. Yeah. I, but that's I me. That. That's me being an adult. Mm. You know what I mean? And And like, you know, they would hold hands together and pray, kind of like the Flanders of Simpsons. But then Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders. But then you look. But then, <laughs> but then also, she she also kind of thinks that it's, it was a bit lame as well. But you know what? We're just we're just human beings. We'll never be thankful. You know what, man? My parents used to pray with me almost every night. I reckon from when I was, as long as I can remember, like zero to. You're like a lucky 12. man. Yeah. And it's gonna sound it's gonna sound really silly, but I used to like I used to just muck about when mom mom and dad would pray. Like yeah. I'd just laugh. I'd giggle. Yeah. I'd like you know. I'd, who hasn't? Who stuff. hasn't? But you know what? Years later, you know, my parents used to like tell me off like, Oi, we're talking I'm, to God. Like, I'm mum, yeah. yeah, like they would wow. take it seriously, man. Yeah. I'd still laugh about, but yeah. that's the thing I remember. My parents took it seriously when they prayed because they were instilling in me, even though I didn't realize uh-huh. that communion with God mm. is total dependence on him yeah. in this moment. Yeah. And it still sits with me now to the point where I'd do it with my kids, mm. praying with them because you finish the day. Yeah. With talking to God, yeah, and you nurture that into the kid. Like I, I still remember that now. I remember waking up in the middle of the night. Um, I used to have really bad nightmares when I was a kid, and I would like I would display some real paranormal demonic <laughs> tendencies behaviors in the middle of the night, and I wake up not even remember anything. Right, like I'll, I'll come to mum and dad's room and I'll cry and stuff like that as well. But I, I remember one night I'm waking up and I was it was a pretty peaceful night. I wake up in the middle of the night. I felt this hand over my head. It mm. was it was like my mum. Mm. praying over me right mm. and i'd also remember my dad praying over me as well i used to remember waking up in the middle of the night and my dad was literally crying out to god in prayer mm. Mm. right like it was a middle it was just pitch black and and i heard like in the living room dad's praying to yeah. god and i would listen in and, and and things like that but i was i'll go back to sleep but the analogy that my mom and dad used in doing that was and i'm and i feel enormously privileged that my mom and dad did that for me it's like the devil continually tries to make these connections with the child. Mm. And what you're doing is you're going there and you're disconnecting. You're mm. just chopping off these connections for them. And you yeah. do that with prayer. Mm. And you and you ask God, it's the best way Lord, you. I pray that you will look after this child, mm. that you will deliver this child from evil. Mm. And that's the ultimate prayer. Deliver us from evil, Lord. Mm. And if you don't do that to a child and all you do is just feeding them, send them to school, mm. you're basically growing a soulless bag of flesh. Mm. And so they would go and like really just, that's the analogy that they used. The devil is literally just waiting outside the door mm. and, and you're just basically shutting that door on them every single time. And I realized that's when, that's when I realized, uh, literally it takes a whole village to raise a child. Yeah, There's parents. Mm. I used to have, Church leaders when I was a kid who prayed for me, prayed over me. Mm. Very, very important. But you things. had just random family friends, man. Exactly right. Just along the way. Yeah, exactly Thanks right. As a village raised child, man. Mm, absolutely. And it raised a good child in you. Well, praise the Lord for letting that you happen. You know, what we should talk about at some point is like, you know, how parents have influenced our faith. Exactly That would right. be a good, good chat. And, and how that makes us feel about or how that how that prepares us for the next generation to mm. come as well and how that makes us want to be 
because it really puts our young people problem into perspective mm. when you all of a sudden realize that there's a kid that you got to look after. Yeah. And that's that's a big call. It's huge. That's that's, yeah. that's absolutely huge. But overall, um I think Sunday school when we see a, a pastor's kid who's acting up and things like that, I mean, we ought to pray for that family. Mm. At the end of the day, that should be the first response to pray. Exactly exactly right. But I think I think what's really important is what just really boil it down to what the Bible says. Mm. What does it say for us to do for our leaders? Right? Just to pray. Mm. Simple as that. We can sit here and analyze what's wrong, what's you know, mm. what's not wrong, what's right. But most important thing is the best display, the best expression of care and love for these people who have devoted their entire lives to serving God mm. and his people as leaders. Mm. We also devote our whole lives to serving God and his people. Yeah. But, you know, as gospel leaders, we ought to pray for them because that's what, what the Bible says. Yeah. And I have no issues with that. Mm. But I do have issues with that when people know that and don't do it. Don't act on it. Yeah. Don't act on it. Yeah. We see a kid that's troubled. It's fun to talk about why they're like that. Mm, that's it. Everyone can psycho, uh, can like cross analyze yeah. why that kid is like that. Yeah. But no one's willing to go, how do we help this kid? Yeah. How do we help this kid? And I see some pastor's kids that actually end up being atheists as well. Mm, yeah. I know of a, away. Yeah, yeah. I know of a pastor's kid who actively says he's an atheist, but he still rocks up to church. Okay. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. And, or, or they will be, and, and the pastors might say, well, don't say stuff like that mm. while you're here or, or something like that. And, and that's just, again, I don't know, maybe just spend a bit more time with the kid mm. and figure that out. Because what, what he thinks is a solution, what the child thinks is a solution to a problem is atheism. Mm. Clearly, it's not. Yeah. So I think there are enormously different ways of Sunday school impacting our lives and especially mm. onto the pastor's kids and you know the, the cultural paradigm around it, it it's it's a complex topic it is yeah but i think the simple response would be it's prayer the prayer and thankfulness for them exactly yeah. right because because the ministers exist because you know be, mm. and they exist as a package right you know, yeah. with their family and their kids and their wife and that's it and it's a great encouragement yeah i think that's a good place to end it let's do it let's yeah. let's let's pray do you want to pray for us this time